welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Go on then, get out of the way. Told we'll see you there with you, with your smug little smile and your and your grin. Go on. I was right all along. It was never in doubt. Look, I mean, I tell you what. If if we wrote a script for a film, right, a Hollywood, not even a Hollywood film. Like I I work, I share an office space, a, a workspace with a lot of filmmakers. If I went to them and said, "Look, I've written this this football film," they'd take one look at it and they'd go, "Mate." No chance. It's to- that's so unrealistic. It's not even Roy of the Rovers would do a storyline where a team is four nil down in the playoff um, semi final and ten days later gets promoted. Just wouldn't touch it. It's ridiculous, utterly, utterly ridiculous. What a story Sheffield Wednesday Football Club has written over the space of less than two weeks. It's just, it's just incredible. And I tell you what, Dom. I don't. I don't think I know any Plymouth or Ipswich fans. But if I did, I'd ask them this. I, and I think any of them that says that they wouldn't swap, right? Walk in the league. Yeah, that'd have been fun. You know, if we hadn't have had that wobble, we'd have walked our way to winning the league. That'd have been fun. There's no. There's no Plymouth or Ipswich fan that wouldn't want to swap with what's happened at Sheffield Wednesday in the last two weeks. It's just. Pfft, don't know what to say. Mind-boggling, isn't it? And uh, we're talking about a team back in the Championship and what we've been banging on about all season is that they had to get promoted. Right, that was the be-all and end-all and they've done it. And they've done it in the best way. And uh, you know, this season, with the records are broken, 96 points, to win the playoffs like they have done, half a season unbeaten... 25 clean sheets. It's without a doubt the the best Sheffield Wednesday season since they dropped out of the Premier League. At end of is in over 20 years, and and you know they deserve all the credit that they're going to get. Um, at, but the, <laughs> the the way football works is that they can't bask on the glory of this win for too long, as they've got to get ready for the championship season and they're not going to have anywhere near as long to prepare as what some of the teams above have done. You know, they're effectively on some teams, they're probably a month behind when it comes to planning James. And it feels a bit glib almost, doesn't it? You know, it feels wrong to be talking about these things when really, I mean, we should be reflecting straight away on it. Wasn't, I would say the best of finals, was it? Uh, but as oh, we've said terrible. quite a lot, I, I thought the extra, extra time was really good. Um, and I do want us to, to talk about the two major incidents in normal time in the second half where you know Barnsley feel like they've been wronged. And I certainly think that they were very unfortunate for one of those two. Um, and it could have changed the game. Could have done. But... Wednesday, I mean, on balance, yeah, they deserved they deserved it, and I'm just so relieved it didn't go to penalties. Let let let's talk about those things then. I just want to preface this by saying, I am a Sheffield Wednesday fan. We've just got promoted. I don't really give a toss. Don't really care about those incidents. They happened. End of. But you know, we've got to we've got to at least try and be analytical. That's your job. So um, you you may find this a little bit easier than I do. I assume you're talking about penalty and uh, sending off. Penalty, I thought, was clumsy. 
seen them given, seen them not. I didn't watch it and think, oh, that's Stonewall. I, I, I thought, yeah, yeah, I can see why the ref's not given it. I can see why VAR's got overturned it. You didn't think it was Stonewall? No, nah, I thought it was just clumsy. Honestly, live, I thought at the time, that's a penalty. and I, I expected VAR uh, that, for that to be overturned. and that uh, It should have been. No, nah, disagree. He's, he's wiped him out. He's got what part of the ball did he get? He is connected with Gregory is connected with their players, the back of his calf. Right, right. I mean that anywhere on the pitch, that's a foul. That's that's a penalty. It is, and and pretty much every pundit, every person that's discussed it since, uh, w- w- has said exactly the same. Uh, well, and they're, they're all wrong, the aren't they? They're all wrong. Well, in your in your head, they are wrong. Uh, but pretty this way. With my, you know, our Wednesday hat on. Anyway, I, I was glad it wasn't given, but I, I don't get the um, reaction that there has been in some quarters of, you know, that wasn't a red card. It absolutely was one hundred percent a red card. I, right, it, uh, you know, I'm thinking at the time that it's aggressive, it's dangerous, he's out of control. The ref had no option. Right, Th- that was a hundred percent right for me that decision. But yeah, no, the, the penalty, I, I, I'd feel aggrieved if I was Barnes. And do you know what? More to the point, James, I know you said you don't give a toss, but this is two years in a row where I just find it an absolute joke. The VAR is on operation for the playoff finals, which again is a huge talking point when we don't have VAR outside of the Premier League and it's not being used properly. So what is the point of VAR? I'm, I'm, I'm going to completely, finals? completely disagree with you on that, Dom. I think it was, for once... It was used absolutely correctly during the playoff final. Um, I think if the penalty is given, VAR isn't going to overturn it. I think if the red card's given as a yellow, VAR probably not going to overturn it. What 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 VAR was put in to do was to spot, is the phrasing clear and obvious errors. The penalty not be given was not a clear and obvious error. Say, say it, really it, was. it wasn't. It, it really wasn't. Absolutely was. Because if it was, it would have been given, wouldn't it? These are people that know what they're doing, right? They weren't just thinking, oh, we'll have a cup of tea. But no, nah, no, nah, just stick with it. You know, they looked at it. They looked at it for a long time, right? We were sat there for a while waiting for that to finish. They looked at it and they decided it's not a clear and obvious error. Um, so they stuck with the on-field decision. That's correct. The red card was given by the referee. He gave himself some thinking time and um, he, he interpreted it as a dangerous, out-of-control challenge, which it was. And actually, the people that I've seen saying, well, I don't think it was a red card, I, I really don't understand that argument. I think it was extremely dangerous, totally out of control, you know, and an and inch the other way, and that snaps... Uh, his his leg in half like that's assault. It's it was a it was just a terrible challenge. I don't know what he thought he was doing. And and VAR's looked at it and decided, yep, yeah, you know what, we're going to stick with the on field decision. I don't think VAR would have would have turned it into a red if it was a yellow, right? So I think it's absolutely the correct use of VAR. It's there not to get every decision perfect because this is football and it's not perfect. It's there to spot clear and obvious errors, and neither of those were. It was used correctly in disallowing Wilvoke's goal, which was horrible because we'd gone, I think we we ended up about three rows in front of where we were supposed to be after that. And then you look up and realise, oh, it's not been given. It, uh, that's awful, football fans. And, and, and the way that that whole thing is implemented is a different question. But 
It was absolutely the right use of VAR there because if that goal would have stood, that was a clear and obvious error. He was definitely offside. He was clearly offside. There's no debate about that. So I think VAR was used absolutely as it should be done. Didn't It didn't particularly interfere with the flow of the game. We weren't stopping every five minutes to try and get every decision perfect. Um, I think it was a correct implementation of it. It was for the Vokes disallowed goal. I'm sorry, but the ref should have been sent to the monitor to go have a look at the penalty shout. That's what I can't get my head around. It's just wrong. And and you're saying it's the wrong implementation of VAR, but what you're forgetting is this is now two years in a row where teams who have been, I think, on the wrong end of bad decisions. And I would say that the Barnsley one for the penalty definitely was. The year before, you had Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, that playoff final, again, was marred by VAR controversy. I'm sorry, but like, if you're going to use it in games of this magnitude, you've got to get the big decisions right. For me, they got one wrong. But the sending off you know, was absolutely right. It was spot on. But anyway, we, I, we I, can agree to disagree on that. I think we should draw a line under this as you know, we should really be talking more uh, about Wednesday uh, did have the better chances. On the day, and their goalkeeper, I think you know, in extra time, the one from Smith—that's as good as you're going to see in a Wembley final. That yep. one, I mean, I, I think he should have. You know, there was another moment where I looked at it and gone, I think Smith should have buried it, but great save from the goalkeeper. He denied Bannon as well, uh, and and we just thought that it was destined to go to penalties, and it would be another one over the playoffs that was going to go to penalties. But Gregory Windass. They had other ideas, didn't they? At the end, let's let's not miss out the um, role of um, Delhi Bashiru as well in that in that goal. Um, we'll come back to that. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, you, you you're right. There were, there were chances there. Let's also not forget that Cameron Dawson made a couple of pretty good saves. Um, Barnsley did also hit the bar on the balance of play, and I, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to be. Um, mildly professional here when I say this because I'm going to go back to my point of I just don't really give a toss we got promoted but uh, on the balance of play I think Barnsley can feel themselves very very unlucky on the the day they they had some good chances really only got themselves to blame because they had a very very good chance where they really should have scored a little bit of luck didn't go their way I, I, I accept there's debate about some of the decisions I think they were right other people think they were wrong I don't care. Um but look, do you know what? You know, we finished third in the if 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 any any neutral looked at that league table and said you've got to pick three teams to get promoted, there were three teams head and shoulders above everyone else in that in that league by some distance. And and little old Barnsley can 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 kind of lick their wounds and whatnot and say we weren't far behind. Nah, sorry. Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Plymouth, head and shoulders by far the best teams in that in that league. So how the playoff final played out whatever you know Michael Duff can say whatever he wants Barnsley CEO can say whatever they want Sheffield Wednesday deserved promotion right it doesn't matter how it happened all the way through the game I was bemoaning Wednesday because I thought we were poor I thought we were really poor we never really got into a rhythm chances were there um I thought there were some players that didn't have a particularly great game that didn't do their role particularly well and during live play all that stuff started to really build up and then when Barnsley missed that really good chance I'm like we're going to throw this away we are going to end up throwing this away and then on 120 plus 3 none of that stuff mattered anymore in that instant it left my brain and it's like forget it none of it matters none of it matters over the course of the season we deserved 
to win that game. We deserve promotion. End of. Do you know what was really weird is that Wednesday played worse after the sending off. I, I, I thought Barnsley... It kind of galvanised Barnsley, didn't it? Yeah, it did, didn't it? And Wednesday went you know, backwards, I thought. And they improved when Vokes came onto the pitch. You know, yeah. that, that was a big moment. And not just because of the disallowed goal, but I, I think for what he brought to the midfield at that point, you know, they, they needed that. And, and yeah, on the day, you know, I think you know, Jack, Jack Hunt, um, also came on. So yeah, Darren Moore used his subs well, and I think over the course of the season that that's been something that's been a um, a marked difference from last season. I definitely think the way that he's used his bench, you know, the the amount of times that he's been able to influence things with the changes that he's made late on you know, in the second half of, of matches. You know, I, I think has certainly helped swing results Wednesday's way this season. And and just yeah, the scenes at the end, you know, I, I I don't know how you felt. I mean, I was relieved really. I was just delighted for my own reputation, but more importantly, I, you know, I just <laughs> just just happy that Wednesday did it, James. Really, I just was delighted that you know, after sixty matches, everything they've gone through, the ups and downs, um, that. The, 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 you know, they achieved the ultimate goal. The mission was to get promoted and they wanted to be number one and they've ended up dropping into the playoffs and, and to regroup the way they've done it. Oh, after the first leg at Peterborough and, and even in the second leg, you look at it and you think the very last kick of the second half, Palmer, Liam Palmer, player of the season, steps up in the right place and extends Wednesday's season, keeps the dream alive. And uh, yeah, it's just typical the way it's gone. You know, just, it is fairy tale stuff. It's as you said. It, it really is. And the thing is like, it's, it's still, it's so fresh in our minds that I don't think we've made sense of it yet. Like that thing about, yeah, that happened with Liam Palmer. And then we went behind again. And then Callum Patterson steps up and scores. And then it goes to penalties. And there's the whole thing about, you know, we got away with the one with Aidan Flint when their player was clean through. Like there's so many little things that, that have happened through the course of this period of games. And then obviously, as we said last week, everything became about tickets for a while. Everyone stopped thinking about football. It was all about like getting to Wembley and, and plans and stuff like that. And then the game comes around and there's so much that happened in that in that game. There were so many little incidents. There's, you know, Barry Bannon literally just like collapsing on his feet and, and, and so many things that happened that I, I, I just, I don't, I don't feel that we've quite been able to compute it yet. Like it's going to take a bit of time for all that stuff to happen. And then there was, I don't know if you were there, there was the promotion parade on when Wednesday night, a couple of days back. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, on Friday morning. I'm quite glad that we've given ourselves a few days to try and let this stuff sink in a little. And I'm not sure it has fully. And I don't know whether it ever fully will actually, because it really has been... It's beyond the stuff that dreams are made of, really, when it comes to football. Like you get one of those things, you get you get the the um, you get the Peterborough incident, but you don't also get winning the playoff final in the last minute. You just, you don't get all of that stuff. You, you you just you just don't. But I think after the way that the season went, we we kind of yeah we deserved that. We really deserved it. And you said it was um, a bit of a feeling of relief. I, I turned to my mate Mark actually um, with about probably about five minutes of extra time left. It must have been a bit more than that actually because it was before the Will Vokes goal. 
And I said to him, if we score now, I think it's going to be an outpouring of relief for me personally, rather than than joy, because it, it felt tense. I thought there was a period where the Wednesday fans, it was a little bit quieter. You could feel that there was this tension thing, which is, let, you know, this is getting, it's going to the wire, this. We're going to throw this. If it goes to penalties, it's a bit potluck. You know, Barnsley have, have really upped their game um, since they went down to 10 men and, and it's, it did start to feel a little bit like there were real nerves, there was a tension around the place. And then the ball goes in and and, and I, I joked about this on Twitter the other day, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm saying it after full time. I Everyone's jumping around. I sat on my seat and I had tears in my eyes. Um, and it, it, you know, I think that's just... I mean, the raw emotion of it all was totally overwhelming. It, it, it really was. And there was a moment when uh, when High Her um, Silver Lining came on and, I, and I, sang, I sang along with the first chorus. And then I just stopped and I just looked up and looked around. I, I was in um, section one, whatever you call it. So I was on like the bottom tier. So I just kind of you know looked up and I could I could see you know, every Wednesday fan in that in that place I could see um and just look round and you just think this this is genuinely something to behold you don't get these moments very often where you've got 40 odd thousand Sheffield Wednesday fans everyone's jumping around singing waving flags waving scarves throwing beach balls around and you know what we've we've been through quite a bit of hell over the last couple of years, but actually, you know, it's, it goes back a lot longer than that, doesn't it? We can trace this back 20 odd years of, of fairly, with the exception of the odd moment, fairly consistent misery. There was a, there was a communal outpouring of relief at that point. Uh, uh, we can, we can close that chapter and yeah, you know, a new chapter opens and it's not going to be a walk in the park, right? Absolutely not. We've got a lot of work to do. I'm not really sure that I'm ready to start thinking and talking about that at the moment, to be honest with you, Dom, but, um, you know, uh, uh, it was just an amazing moment and everyone had their own experience. You know, me talking about the fact that I was in tears. That's just, that's just me. That's just my experience. I don't expect anyone else to care about that. Everyone else had their own little moment and their own experience and whatever that was. And people who were there with, you know, maybe their dad and, and their parents or, you know, people who are parents that were there with their kids, maybe quite young kids. Um, you know, everyone who was there with someone that they love. And in that moment, sharing that moment together, sharing that hug, sharing that whatever it was, other people who, who were in tears, people who were just dancing around on their seat, however people felt at that moment. What an amazing experience for every single one of those 40 odd thousand fans to just share in a moment of joy for a football club that fairly consistently has delivered as anything but joy. Like, we we deserve that. And I, I tweeted about this after the game, actually, and said, you know what, every single one of those fans deserve that moment. However they spent it, whatever they did in that moment, and the fact that we were all together and able to share it in some way was just, it was beautiful. It's testament to the work that Darren Moore has done uh, over the last few years, in, in, that he has been trying to rebuild the connection between the fans, the players, the club. And I, I think that we have seen that this week in the last few days. And then with the thousands of thousands of Wednesday fans who, um, you know, came out for the parade to enjoy that moment. And you're totally right that you look at the last couple of decades, they have been largely miserable. Uh, and all we've had it up until Monday we had was oh five and twenty twelve that was it that's it you know when you're looking at you know twenty sixteen 
was great, but then he had Wembley and it was a disappointment and the, they didn't really deliver. But yeah, no, I, I think you have to say that this season has been memorable. They lost six league matches all season. Like the consistency that they have shown has been truly remarkable. And I, I want to talk a little bit actually more about the winner um, at Wembley. The, you know, Gregory for me was one of the few players that I thought was a fawn in Barnsley's side all afternoon. He was just a pest, put himself about, you know, and you could tell he clearly wasn't comfortable and hasn't been comfortable with the mask on his face. He was trying to take it off every opportunity he could, you know, yeah. trying to run in that. Very, very difficult. But, you know, he's desperate to play and help the team over the line. And that bit of play to make room for himself to get the cross in. And Windass, we have to say, and I said it last week, I'll re- repeat it, over the three playoff matches, really, really quiet. Yeah. Like, you know, I like barely noticed him. You know, I was I was hoping that Wednesday would be able to get him into the advanced areas and get him into the pockets in that number 10 where we know that he can create havoc and it's where he wants to be. And that was perfect number 10 play of where he's just ghosted into the box nobody's picked him up and that's where Barnsley not having another midfielder being down to 10 men that's where it came up trumps you know up to that point we're thinking when's he really haven't done enough to make the most of the extra man they did in that moment and I have to be honest as well it wasn't the best of headers I, I, in fact, I really think the keeper should have saved it. It was down the middle, straight at him. Right, after the, the saves he pulled off earlier on, I really wasn't complaining when it hit the back of the net. And I don't think anybody of a blue and white persuasion was, James, for one it was, moment. It was just power, but, though, wasn't it? It was. It was you, but it's, you, it's, you, it's, you, I still he expected to the goalkeeper to do better than what he did. I yeah. thought he'd do. But also, again, you know when we talk about fairy tale stuff, Windass scoring the winner... 15 years after his dad did the same for Hull against Bristol City. Uh, I mean, just crazy. And, you know, we've seen the you know, the interviews you know, that his father's given the last few days. I'm, I'm Josh. And, you know, what a special moment for them as yeah. well that, you know, he's been able to emulate his dad, who was a darn good footballer himself. And that, yeah, you know, Josh has been there match winner for Wednesday in a Wembley final. Just incredible I mean, his, his, his dad hugging Bannon on the sidelines, yeah. like, that was kind of beautiful. And, and, I, and I sort of think, I mean, two points on um, Josh Windham. Well, probably three, actually, because there's been a lot of players that said they've never seen him head the ball again. So I think we've got to give him credit for the fact he's not known for for, for being a header of the ball. Um, he's he's played 120 minutes. He's only recently back to to, to fitness. Um, and he put it in the back of the net. You could you could argue the keeper. It, it, was, a, it was a tired attempt at saving it, wasn't it? Um, but you, you, you can... You can play to those strengths when it's you know the 120th 123rd minute you can um you, you can kind of rest a little bit on the fact that the keeper's a bit less likely to save it it got the power and that's what that's what needed um I, I, I'm not really sure if I've ever seen Josh Windass celebrate a goal before. And, you know, he's, he's made a point, hasn't he, about I'm not going to celebrate goals in League One. You can say whatever you want about that. I don't, I don't, again, don't care. Um, but uh, that that was just pure emotion from every player in that. What's interesting is other side of the pitch, 
Lee Gregory, and he's talked about this a bit, hasn't he? Where he's kind of said, it, I, you know, it's not necessarily a celebration. That is just absolute utter relief. That is pure emotion pouring out of Gregory at that point, because you can see he's got nothing left. He is just done. He is spent. Um, and I think actually, in uh, you know, in in the in the minutes and, and and hours after the game, as the players celebrated, and also I think on on um, Wednesday at the at the town hall at the victory parade, we've seen quite a lot of emotion from quite a lot of players, and we've seen a bit more of a human side. And um, you you wouldn't normally expect to see that in the course of a football season, would you? But then you also don't tend to see it at the end of the season unless you've got promoted. But I think seeing that, getting a little bit of an insight maybe into what that team spirit's really like and what that dynamic is like, that's been really, really interesting. And, you know, seeing... I've I've even seen a different side to Barry Bannon. And I think before maybe I thought um, he's club captain because he's been here the longest or he's the most experienced or he was just kind of next in line he's really showcased he you know there there are genuine proper you know leadership qualities abilities this guy just exhumes leadership and and i'd not really given him credit for that up until the last few days i've really seen that probably since actually um the 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 four nil um you know you've really seen barry bannon showcase what he's all about and other players that have kind of done it as well i also didn't realize will vokes can pull a move or two like you know he is he's 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 got a backup career there if football goes wrong i can i can see him on um strictly on a on a saturday night um and you know other players you see the ones that um george byers just went nuts like you you realize he really cares and and other players as well it's just that that's been brilliant what i also really appreciated is uh the honesty from josh windass in the interviews afterwards because it's normal footballers i think to have a little bit of a, a little bit of an arrogant front that they kind of put on and they're tr- kind of trained to do that and josh windass say first of all he said i've been rubbish i've not had a very good game but say do you know what i you know the whole team he thought we we would we, we we were well below par we we were second best on the day and you think yeah fair enough that's that's probably true we were but we take it over the course of the season and, and go back to what i said earlier i still think we deserved it um but you know nice to see players letting guards down a little bit being um being honest and when we talk about seeing what what darren moore's built i think we've we've seen so much of that over the course of that 10 days like that's been a real insight i i think i'd written this team well i had written this team off absolutely had and look you know i i I'm not ashamed to admit, and and you know, regular people that know me, maybe regular listeners of the podcast, might have figured I've I've been in a little bit of a dark place in terms of my support of Sheffield Wednesday over the last couple of years. I've I've felt very disengaged, probably coming out of COVID. I've I've you know, it, it, it changed for me. Something something changed, and um, I'm sure there's other supporters that that can. Um, uh, sympathise with that, maybe even relate to to that. That I found it difficult to get back into it. What's happened over the last two weeks in that period of of ten days, for me, somewhat against my will, to kind of be able to pick me up and drag me right back into the middle of it all. And as soon as they announced the victory parade on Wednesday, I'm like, I'm 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 there. I'm a grown adult man, and I'm going to be there. And um, I think there were probably four or five times more people there than were there in 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 twenty. 12. Granted, the weather was a lot better than it was on twenty in twenty twelve when it was throwing it down, but that you know it, it feels different, and I think it's because we were so low. You know, we've been so low. 
Um, we've had some really difficult times over the last couple of years. And even in a kind of a microchasm way, from from throwing away being top of the league, that was such a low point. Um, and, and it was so hard to take. And there were people like me going, I'm done with them. I'm just done with them. I just don't want anything. I've got to drag myself and do this podcast with you, Dom. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I've got nothing good to say to to drag me right back into it. And, and that passion almost overnight has just come like roaring back. That is an amazing achievement. It's not about me. It's, it's, you know, other, other fans that will share in this in some way or another, the, the way that this group of players that so many of us had given up on and thought that's it. They've had it. We gambled on this tactic of getting a, a squad that can get us out of, of league one and it's not worked. And actually not only has it, it worked, it's worked just miraculously because they've pulled off something incredible. I, do you know what? I, you know, from the pain of two years ago and relegation on the final day in the COVID season at Derby, to go from there to then here two years on, you know, I, for me, I was just it was a privilege and a joy to be there to see them do it, and 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 do you know what? We haven't factored in as well that. They had playoff disappointment twelve months ago, and so they not not only did they come back, they came back so much stronger to then end up with eleven more points than what they they got in that year. And yeah, I I think that you know there's been a lot of criticism um, and there's pressure at yeah, as we know the expectation levels at this club that you know go on the manager and I think the way that Darren Moore has conducted himself he's yeah. just shown that he's a proper gentleman and do you know what he knows what he's doing as like yeah you know, this is it there's, there's been times where he's been questioned he's, he's he's come up with the answers that's what he's done and to guide Wednesday back at the second attempt you know he knew that, that there was a lot on the line especially with Wednesday falling into the playoffs um, and you're thinking after the first leg, there's no way back here for Wednesday. You know, you're thinking that it's over. And the way that he managed to change the mentality around of the players, the sports psychologist, Tom Bates, one of a number of new staff that he's brought in, you know, it really has come to the fore um, when it's mattered most. Do you know what I love from the Victory Parade? The video that's done the rounds of... Uh, you know, Bannon with his daughter Elsie and, you know, singing the Barry Bannon song. And you yeah, just it's think, a cute, you know, cute it, video, isn't it? You know, and, and like, that's what it's about. But do you know what? Honestly, James, you see that after every match at Hillsborough, there's probably about half an hour to 40 minutes, whether they've won, lost, or drawn in the last 12 months or so, they've lost one game at Hillsborough, mate. So they're used yeah. to winning mainly at Hillsborough these days. But yeah, you always get that sense of family and you get that sense of togetherness as you've got the players with their families on the pitch, playing football with their kids, really relaxed, enjoying each other's company. And that is down to Darren Moore and what he's built. As Believe me, that wasn't there in the dark days of Tony Pulis and when Gary Monk was in charge, it wasn't like that. It was very, very different. And that is testament to Darren Moore's management, the way that he has handled the Wednesday juggernaut through the ups and downs. And he has kept you know, the ship on 
course and the destination is the championship and he's done it. I, and he's done it and and do you know what i know that you 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 will disagree a little bit with this as you have strong opinions on um the way that the club has been run at times and and i would agree with definitely some of the points that you've made but i do think you have to with the promotion, gives some praise as well to the owner. I do think that Dave Ponchanciri has backed Darren Moore in the transfer market. 11 new players came in last summer, so he brought in a brand new team and he did the season before and they've certainly invested in the backroom staff. There was a lot of work. It's another pod to talk about infrastructure, talk about where there needs to be more investment. But if you're talking specifically about the first team from the last 18 months to two years, you would say that there's more evidence that lessons have been learned from mistakes and where Wednesday have spent money badly and and maybe you know, you're questioning the advice that the owner has taken and some of the decisions that he's made. Well, he's got more right on the pitch in the last couple of years. And so... You know, we saw with the reaction that Wednesday fans gave him at Wembley as well when he lifted the trophy. And I think, you know, he deserved that moment as, let's face it, the last few years, um, that, you know, things have been going not not Wednesday's way and he's been getting pelters left, right and centre. So, yep. yeah, I think it's only fair for balance that we should also say that Dapon Chansiri, you know, deserved his moment in the sun too the yep. other day. Absolutely, um, you, you, you're dead right. I mean, it's actually it's the it's the first proper moment of success that he's had. So yeah, no, he's, he absolutely after eight, deserves after, to after eight enjoy years it. of his yeah, I say after eight years of his premiership. You know, we we've spoken about three missed yeah, playoff attempts and then a relegation, and yeah. so it's the first promotion under him. So yeah, I, I think it is right that he's recognised, and we know that he continue to probably still divide the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, and <laughs> um, and we're going to see what happens in the summer and what what sort of impact Wednesday make in the championship. He's already said they're going to go for it. I just hope that doesn't mean that they're going to splash the cash. I don't think it does, to be honest. I do feel like Wednesday's changed the ways when it comes to you know they know that they can't throw the big money around. They don't have parachute payments. And they've got to still deal with FFP or the financial constraints. So Wednesday, they've got to go about it in a sustained way. This is all chat for another time about when we're looking ahead to the championship. But, but yeah, we, we, we talked about the key men, people yeah. involved in this promotion, which is the chairman, the manager, the players. And that's why this week has been fantastic. And the, the, the way that the fans have been able to celebrate this moment with everybody at the club. I'll, I'll be honest with you right now, if someone offered me 21st in the championship next season, I'd, I'd probably take it. I think it is now about stability. Um, and um, I, I'm I'm not sure that this idea of, you know, back-to-back promotions, whether that's realistic anymore in the championship. Let's remember though, um, I'll get pelters for mentioning them, Sheffield United, Luton have just got promoted on fairly modest budgets, they've not spent ridiculously. Sheffield United were in a transfer embargo for half of the season. Um, Coventry very nearly got promoted, very modest budget again. Um, it was a weird season in the Championship, let's be fair about that. It wasn't great in terms of quality and it kind of opened the door for pretty much anyone that could put a bit of a run together to um, to get up there or thereabouts. 
no reason necessarily to think that it won't be impossible next season. So look, let's do. This is not me saying, oh yeah, I think we'll be up there. But you know, we could take heart from the fact that it, it is really about how much money you've got to spend. It's about being savvy. It's about spending money sensibly, building the right players, building the uh, building the right players, building the right squad, bringing in the 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 right um, the right players, um, and nothing would make me happier I'm sure there's other fans that would say the same uh, than to be proved completely wrong in terms of Depon Chancery and that he goes on to prove himself to have been an incredibly astute leader in the second tier uh, and, and lead Sheffield Wednesday to back towards the, the top end of um, that league I would I would love to be made to look an absolute fool and, and, and I know there's plenty of other fans out there that would uh, that would probably also enjoy looking like um, an idiot um, for that Um I don't. I, I mean, it feels like we've still got about eight million things that we could talk about because we've not really talked about any individual performances in the final. We've not really talked too much about the celebrations afterwards. We've not really talked much about the the day. It was lovely. I bumped into uh, Joe and Alex from the Star on Wembley Way. Then I. Um, bumped into um, you who was uh, dressed perfectly for a cold Monday in November uh, which was lovely to see and, and seeing all the fans in the fan zone and uh, bumping into friends for me bumping into a couple of members of my family and stuff just just great day we've not really got on to talking about that there's loads of stuff that we've not had a chance to um, to talk about but look we're going to have to wrap it up however you spent your bank holiday Monday whatever you did I hope you had a, just an amazing day and you have memories that will stay with you, well, I mean, forever. You know, that was one of those moments, wasn't it? In fact, we had um, uh, my friend Mark had his grandson with us who's eight, seven, eight years old. Um, I said to him, look, just remember this, remember this moment because they don't come along very often. Supporting Sheffield Wednesday is... Um, yeah, it's it's a challenge at times. So you know we've got to enjoy those good times when they um, when they come along. So hope you had a fantastic time. That is going to wrap us up for um, this episode. It's going to wrap us up for um, this season of um, Singing the Blues. Um, big big thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors. I know Ollie was celebrating on um, Monday. Had a great day out at, at Wembley, um, like um, so many other of us. Um, if you uh, if you want to find out more, head to TitleLaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott, and the show is at Dom and James. You can find all our links on our website, um, and uh, there's other details in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you soon. Yeah.